is the blood. There's something in the blood. Hello and welcome back to Scream 101 Podcast. I'm Brendan Klein. And I'm Shannon Chalakian. And this is the final week of our Zombie History Month. And, yeah, that's true. I'm I'm actually uh, more sad about it ending than I thought I would be. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by all the movies that we covered this month. Yeah, it's been a journey. I think at the end we'll maybe discuss our favorites briefly, but let's save that till the end because we're here to talk about... 28 Days Later, which we'll talk about in a second, because first our 10-word reviews are happening. Yay! All right, Shannon, would you like to share yours? Certainly. I watched Frank, beautiful movie about allowing people to be themselves. That's lovely. I know. And here are mine. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I respect it tremendously, but this princess is hella bland. Uh, Rashomon. I feel like a Philistine, but this was so boring. Magic Mike XXL. The only thing that gets stripped off is my patience. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) And now we have a very special treat prepared for you today because both of us simultaneously and separately got addicted to a podcast called Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids. Uh, Shannon was digging around and she found a letter she wrote to herself in eighth grade, right? Yeah, eighth grade in 2008. We will now share an excerpt from for you. Yes. May 19th, 2008. Another very interesting fact about me that most people don't usually know is that I have never seen a scary movie. The scariest movie I've ever seen is probably Harry Potter 3. My friend Amber and I went to see Iron Man the other day, and I nearly screamed during a preview of The Happening. Amber was scared too, but it is discouraging when my friend Galen talks about how awesome the movie 1406 was, and all I do is shake at the thought of it. That's it. That, I think, is very, very important to why we created this podcast in the first place because let's let's run through that harry potter 3 i mean it has a werewolf it's pretty scary that one scene with lupin turning into a werewolf yeah okay like i will admit that 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 scene is kind of creepy but first the happening shannon i know you haven't seen the happening yet it's you know i'm gonna make you watch the happening this month so you will understand yeah it's m night chamalan uh it's awful but i love it and it's not scary, though. You want to know something funny? What? I remember the exact, f- like, frame that made me scared of it. Is it the construction workers falling? Yeah. That's a good shot. Like, yeah. I will not argue that there are some beautiful moments in that film, but it's one of the most idiotic horror films you will ever watch. It's a great time. Oh, I'm going to make you watch it. I don't doubt it. This was me when I was in eighth grade, so, you know. Also, exhibit C, it's 1408, not 1406. <laughs> Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh my god. Which I, I just uh I'm gonna run a correction on your eighth grade self. Great. Um but yeah. So now that you are older and wiser, what would you say is the scariest horror film that you've seen? Hmm. Hmm. Uh probably The Exorcist or Ooh, Solid. Or, or Babadook. That's that's it. See, your answers are much more uh, sophisticated now. Yes, I'm I'm quite sophisticated with my <laughs> horror movie tastes as I sip my tea with my pinky up. All right. 
So without further ado, let's head on to 28 Days Later. Okay, great. So, as always, the discussion will start with Brennan reading the plot, and there will be spoilers. A group of misguided animal rights activists free a caged chimp infected with the rage virus from a medical research lab. When London bike courier Jim wakes up from a coma a month after, he finds his city all but deserted. On the run from the zombie-like victims of the rage, Jim stumbles upon a group of survivors, including Selina and cab driver Frank, and joins them on a perilous journey to what he hopes will be safety. Dun dun dun. It's probably not how I would have described the film, but it's accurate, I guess. There was a lot that went into this film. I don't know how I would describe it, really. I was pleasantly surprised. Good. Yeah, it, we, we watched it very late at night, and I could sense I was kind of losing the room because Sergio was there, and oh my god, he was asking so many questions. But that's for a separate story for a separate day, for a separate podcast called Sergio Tales. Um, but anyway, what was your first impression on watching this movie? Like, we're, You're usually surprised by a lot of the classic e-horror films that we watch. Mm-hmm. So what was your surprise on this one? Um, I was surprised that the first shot of meeting the main character is a shot of him fully stark naked. Yeah, there is so much Killian Murphy naked action in this movie. Yeah. I had forgotten all of and, that. And is this is this his breakout role? Like he really wasn't anything before this? That's a good question. I'm not an expert on his career, but I'll look it yeah, up. Yeah, cuz I get that feeling. Um so that was definitely weird. Um but also just the like the mood of the movie is d- definitely very different and um as we're going to talk about the ending, which uh is also very different um than most zombie horror movies that I have seen or I consider or I even think about. Um, Absolutely. And actually let's uh, well, f- real quick it basically was Killian Murphy's breakout role. I mean, he did appear in Disco Pigs before, but, oh. uh, you know. But let's talk about that word. Let's talk about zombies in 28 Days Later. Mm-hmm. Because the director, Danny Boyle, really, really hates that people call this movie a zombie film. Because he's like, no, it's a virus film. Like, the people are still alive. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Keep going. No, technically he's right. What do you have to say? I mean, yes, if you're just, if you're defining zombie as the undead who have risen again, then, yeah, it's not a zombie movie. But I, like, I was initially not really introduced to, well, I guess growing up in the modern culture that we are, I wasn't even introduced to the zombie movie in this sense. I was introduced to you get bit by something and you turn into something else. Okay, so you you know it as the viral thing that happened with George Romero, with The Walking Dead, that kind of thing. Right, exactly. Especially because Walking Dead got really popular. I did watch some of that. Um, there were other, like, I don't know, other instances of it. I don't know if I saw it in, like, cartoon form or whatnot. Uh, but it was always more like a change, like a werewolf or change, like a, like a monster, than it was like, oh... It has to fully die before coming back to life. Okay, see, that is interesting. Um, Because where our modern incarnation of zombies started, it was... Well, it's very interesting. They've gone through a whole bunch of kind of phases because in the original Night of the Living Dead, it was never explained, but it was... Well, it was the dead rising from their graves, which in modern times doesn't happen as much because it's normally a virus that breaks out, like in The Walking Dead. Like, new people who die become zombies. But in a lot of the like original zombie works it's the actual dead coming back and then they can pass it on but it's everyone right. who is dead and that's why it's so many people already 
Um, and that one may or may not have been caused by some sort of radiation or space debris or whatever because he didn't really give a specific explanation for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on, I don't know exactly where the inception of this idea started, but like in the 2000s and probably the 90s, it was definitely a, a viral thing for sure. Like it's the zombie virus that is spreading. Um, but to combat Danny Boyle, the voodoo zombies from like I Walked With the Zombie from Voodoo folk- Folklore weren't necessarily dead. They were people who were, their brains were taken over by a voodoo priest and they're, it's always exploring the line between death and life but it wasn't necessarily a resurrection. So I think that Danny Boyle should research his zombie folklore before making that claim. Yeah, And, and then, before basing his entire film on how George A. Romero frames his works, where it's like, we're gonna look at these survivors, it's not necessarily about the monsters, it's about humans living in this post-apocalyptic time and how they screw each other over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, two things to add to that then. One, when I was watching The Walking Dead, there was a point in The Walking Dead where they're like, okay, now, not only are you, if you were infected, but also if you just die from anything, you become a zombie. They, like, threw that in there at some point. Oh, yeah, 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 yes. Remember that? It, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about that. Um, But that's kind of also playing with that line of, like, okay, now anyone who dies has been taken over, or is it a viral thing, you know? Yeah, there, there's always a weird kind of amorphous line mm-hmm. in zombie mythology about what it actually is, even in the really specific ones. Mm-hmm. And secondly, it's very interesting that he has the, the entire movie start by having the monkeys infected. Because what other virus comes from monkeys? L-AIDS. L-AIDS, that's right. Um, and maybe Ebola? No, I don't know about that. I'm sure monkeys carry a lot of things. Yeah, monkeys are gross. Um, don't make out with a monkey, please. Right. And someone's going to be like, they're not monkeys, they're chimps. And I'll be like, whatever, go home. Um, but yeah, so that that's that's an interesting thing to talk about as well. Also, who has the money to pay for a bicycle carrier to stay in a coma for 28 days? Obviously, Britain does, but not America. We would have pulled the plug. Yeah, I mean, their healthcare. Se- well, the thing is, they left him behind. Right. Like, they... He survived on his own for a while. I assume he was in a coma for like a week and then they were like, well, we're dead. See you later. <laughs> like they locked him in and they were like, survive if you can. We're well, not yeah, going to help you. Yeah, but then he would have died from starvation or hy- dehydration or something. That's a, Yeah, I, it, that's not explained. Yeah. Um, maybe there was one caring doctor who was like, I can't let this one person die while everyone else in the world is passing. I don't know. It It's not totally a solid medical it's not it's not the human centipede it's not 100 percent medically accurate oh my god and moving on to scariness yeah actually let's get into our yeah we uh, we digressed a bit that's okay it happens um what did you rate for scariness i rated this film three out of five on scariness i'm very very conflicted about this score because fast zombies are like a thing that really gets to me because i'm super hypochondriac viral stuff gets to me norm i have bad dreams about actual zombies all the time like stress dreams because there's it's it'd be such a stressful life and i don't like that but fast zombies are just the epitome of the apocalypse it's like so much worse you have to really be on your toes or just click you're gone right um so like i'm not gonna lie after we watched this movie i was walking sergio out to his car and i was looking over my shoulder like i was just making sure there are no zombies chasing me because you cannot be 
off your guard for a second in that world. Like they're constantly bursting through windows and out of things. It's a lot. And this world is very well constructed in terms of the, um, the rules of how this zombie attack thing works, but it's also very unexpected in how they, where they crop up. And yeah, uh, this film had a lot of uh, slower moments, a lot of more character-based moments, which is why I gave it a three. But the whole concept is like a biggie for me. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, I also give it three out of five, but not for the reasons that you would. It actually, I was less scared about the zombies. Like, yes, it was terrifying the way that they were in hordes and they um, would just all of a sudden come through windows and the way that they would projectile vomit blood into the eyes and mouth of yeah, people. Yeah, you were not safe. Yeah. Of course, that's scary, um, but it's stuff I've seen before, you know? Uh, well, not the projectile vom- vomiting, other than from The Exorcist. Uh-huh. Um, what I was really concerned about was the fact that they went far enough to say, in a dystopian landscape, in a post-apocalyptic landsta- landscape, um, people will start thinking about certain topics. And uh, when I think about post-apocalyptic um uh, times I've thought of these in a brief sense but not in a way that I wanted to go into it because it's like it's a harsh reality so to have them finally find this sort of salvation in this army this like army group of guys yeah they, they, they come across an army base led by Doctor Who Christopher Eccleston yeah um, so to find this sort of thing where there's there's actual food and, and there's a hot there's hot water and, and guns and safety and guns and safety and clothes and like everything that you need and um but all of a sudden these people just decide to turn and say well we were like your only value is that there are women with you and that you know we're planning on using the women and without them saying outright like we're going to to be sexually assaulting your women um you know straight away and then and then comes that entire subject of who's really dead you know dead in the sense of like morally dead and also one of the women is a child you know so so that adds to it and so that was very obviously terrifying and um the other character selena actually actually gets the girl stoned in order for her to not care yeah that is a dark scene like she's force feeding her valium and she's like i'm gonna make you not care about this and like dear lord yeah and meanwhile the girl's like are you trying to kill me because she obviously also understands what's going on yeah um so that part was just really it was really real and really terrifying in that sense you know um but there is hope yeah that's that's also that's the good thing about this movie is that there's also hope that's a beautiful thing about the end i'm glad that was in there because it gets really dark yeah Uh, so campiness what's your score for campiness one out of five uh this this movie was starkly real, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, it it does have that lingering, uh, uh, the lingering emotions of of feeling immersed, like feeling like you're actually in the world. Like Brennan said, looking over shoulder. I actually went to bed that night because I went to bed pretty much immediately after watching it. And always a great idea. <laughs> I know, right? And had a couple dreams where nothing really happened, but I knew that I was in the same world. You know, Ugh. Uh, exactly. So. Yeah, too real, too real to deal. There was not any <laughs> um, pieing zombies in the faces, uh, nothing like that. And there wasn't really any super funny moments. Here, I'm going to jump in with yeah. my score. I'm giving it two out of five because okay. I do find 
there are some genuine comedy moments in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I know you're going to bring one up later, so I'm not going to talk about that. But just like there are parts where it well, it's a brief moment of light before it gets really dark. It's when the whole family's together. Yeah. Um, the father, who's played by uh, Brendan Gleeson. Matt who, I. Moody. Matt I. Moody. And his daughter. And then Killian Murphy and his friend, who is like a kick-ass chick. And she's awesome. And she played Miss Moneypenny in the new James Bond yeah. movies. But anyway. Um, so they're all together and it's supposed to show like how happy they can be before taking it away from them again. And there are some actually like pretty funny scenes in that part. And then there's one shot of a zombie chasing a dude where like, um, Christopher Eccleston, the general comes in. He's like, where are all my men? And then one of his men is being chased by a zombie guy and it's very Mm Scooby-Doo. And so that's why I gave it a two, but other, I totally agree that it's mainly very dark and gritty and real. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. Um, gore. What did you do for gore? Um, I gave it two out of five on gore. The makeup on the zombies is very accomplished, but there's not a lot in terms of showing like, I mean, there's blood spurts, there's bloody vomit. There's like, there's blood, but it's, it's not over the top. It's not really the focus of the film. So it wasn't really a factor that really played into the movie at all. Yeah, I agree. Um, I still gave it a three out of five. I know that's like a high score for this movie. However, I feel like um, what really added to the gore was the way that killing was handled in the film. Um, it was brutal, yeah. It, yeah, it was brutal. Selena, who, Money Penny, um, is really cool. Uh, Selena makes it makes it known very early in the beginning that, like, essentially, she will kill you if you get infected, which seems extreme, but uh, you gotta. You, yeah, exactly, and that's that's another way of kind of showing the the sign of the times you know and one of the really scary things about this is that this is a world that has gone completely to crap in a month it's 28 days after the virus began and it's already post-apocalyptic she's ready to murder anyone who gets infected which is a great idea because it takes 10 to 20 seconds for them to become a rage zombie and that's so fast Mm -hmm. it's too fast yeah so so i think that the way that the killing was handled adds to the gore for me okay i totally i understand that completely yeah okay quality um i voted i I voted i scored it a three out of five Uh, i definitely would watch this again i really enjoyed it more than i probably let on um uh but it was very interesting and i'm glad that it has a happy ending spoilers it has a happy ending thank god i know um, yeah, I gave it four to five unlucky stars just because I think this is a really well-realized world. It's the inception of a horror trope that has led to my favorite film, which is Wreck. Mm-hmm. Like, the viral fast zombies wasn't really a thing before this, and it kind of changed the game. Um, there's a lot of subtext about, like, disease and riots and how people deal with loss and whatnot and whatever, you know, good movie stuff, whatever. Um, this movie, I... Correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, but I believe it was shot on digital video, which is a really low-grade way to shoot a film. And it was instrumental in the fact to prove that, like, a movie can be artistic and wide release while being shot on this kind of crummy technology. But also, there are some moments that are spectacularly ugly because of this, and I'm not one to complain about... 
or to to even think about like oh they shot this on a red they shot this on an aria alexa like i don't freaking care about that but there are parts where i'm like oh that's super blown out or like that looks like they ran it through a posterization thing on windows movie maker like there are some moments where there are limitations to the technology that kind of blunt the film and kind of smear it a little bit which is interesting it makes it look like a like an early 2000s metal music video yeah but and there is some raw beauty in there but there are parts where i'm like oh i don't really like to look at this at all yeah and what you find with britain especially when you're shooting film because it is it rains so often um people up the saturation to make the sky look more more white and uh it really blows out everything else too Hmm. so uh you know fun stuff interesting film talk uh anyway let's go on to something more exciting uh our champion dialogue segment so shannon what is your champion dialogue your favorite line in the film uh my favorite line it was more like a favorite conversation so uh this movie has some very interesting like zombie land-esque moments where these two people who are like so serious all the time meet this like goofy father and father and daughter and who still believe in like living life to the fullest even in in the apocalypse um and then they start doing things like they drive their car over like mountains of of just like trash it was like a barricade yeah of cars it was an idiotic move yeah but they were like laughing and having a good good time and they go shopping and they're like all gleeful about going shopping which they're I think there is a, a time in Zombieland where that happens too. Okay. Um, but at one point, what's his name? Killian Murphy? Yeah, Jim. Jim. Jim uh, goes up and is looking at the alcohol and picks up like a little bottle of something. And Frank comes over and is like, no, no, got to get this one. And then he starts to explain. Now, single malt, 16 year old, top, full flavor, warm And while he's going through this, Jim gets bored and walks away, and the yeah. guy doesn't notice. Yeah, mostly because this guy's having an intimate moment with this with this scotch, you know. He's yeah, it's pretty like, funny. It's great. It's great, you know, uh, especially because it's a mad eye. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. so that that's my favorite champion dialogue. What's yours? Yeah, and and that was one that I w- included in my campiness score. Also, mm-hmm. that scene, but my champion dialogue comes at the weirdest moment. It's been really dark for so long. Um, because this comes a, a pretty much immediately after Naomi Harris's character, uh, Selena, the, the girl. Um, she feeds Hannah, the younger girl, the pills to make her not care that she's going to get raped. And then Killian Murphy has been banished from this army camp and about to be executed. He runs away and he's like kind of gone feral and crazy. Like he sets a zombie loose. He's, he's shirtless because I don't know what happened to his shirt. Because he was climbing over the barbed wire oh, yeah, and he got yeah. stuck. But we just need to see more naked Killian Murphy body in this movie. Um, he's the strangest looking man. I mean, he looks like he just walked off the set of train spotting. Yeah, absolutely. But, okay, so he's gone feral. He's coming in to save the girl, but he's smashing this army lieutenant's head against the floor so violently that she thinks he's one of the infected and is about to kill him. And so all of this crazy darkness... And then she realizes that he's human. They start making out. And then the younger girl walks in and she's stoned out of her mind um, on Valium. (laughs) And this is the conversation that happens. 
Oh man, it was so good. Hannah Stoned is like ten times better than Hannah Not Stoned. Yeah, she was kind of like Jennifer Connelly in Labyrinth a little bit, but yeah. yeah, it was very. It was just such a like a farcical conversation after all this really heavy stuff, and it was very amusing. Yeah, it was it was a good time. Okay, so who was your favorite character? My favorite character is Hannah, actually. Yay! <laughs> um, because especially when they first meet her, she's such a surly teen. And in comparison to her father, who's such a like nice, bumbling gentleman, and she's all grumpy and just glaring at him. I'm like, this is the most archetypical character, but in the weirdest setting. Right. And I really appreciate that. And she's handy. She can fix a car. She They let her drive while stoned. It's great. Yeah. I love her. I feel like she's the one who keeps her dad in check, you know? Totally. She's, like, the most accomplished person in the movie. Yeah. You'd think it would be Selena, who's, like, hardcore badass chick, but by the middle of the movie, she kind of stops doing stuff. And she's a chemist, which is cool. Oh, yeah, that's cool. That, yeah. Ooh, th- yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Moving on. Who's your, fa- who's your favorite character? My favorite character, I'm calling him Lieutenant Dan because I don't, I don't actually know his name. But, okay, so of all the army men, there's this one guy um, who doesn't agree with everyone's decision to essentially rape the women. Um, so he's the one who's, like, fighting. And he's, he's got his gun facing 10 or 12 other guys and is just saying, don't touch them. You're going to let them go. And so he gets taken um, and he and and Jim are going to be executed. Uh, but he was my favorite character because he stuck to his guns. <laughs> Literally. Literally stuck to his guns. Um, was respectful of guests and respectful of... Um, humans. Of humans. And then he's also the one who introduces Hope back into the story. Because when it seems like he's he's babbling to himself and kind of going crazy, you find that he says that um, there's no way that it could have gotten over over the waters... They must be isolating us. They must be quarantining us. And so he's saying, like, the entire world hasn't gone this way, just England. Yeah. Um, to which, and, like, that doesn't seem realistic because I know how zombie movies go. It's usually, like, a whole world thing. Um, but at the same time, Jim is like, what? <laughs> you know, it's just enough to be like, huh? Uh, and then he gets killed. Uh, <laughs> so he was just... He was a stand-up guy, and I liked him. All right, I appreciate that. And so let's move on to favorite scene. I, I'll start because my scene comes so early. Um, my favorite scene is right after Jim wakes up in the hospital. It's not his naked scene. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, and it's sure, a- it's not. Okay. Well, after he's uh, he's walked around creepy, empty England, he goes into this church, and he this is where he discovers what the hell is happening in this empty world that he has woken up in. It's there's this pile of bodies in the pews and it's really kind of poetic and creepy. And then he just kind of like says hello. And two of the bodies aren't bodies. They're sleeping infected people. And they go like they turn to look at him and they have their creepy infected faces. And then they just start running up the stairs towards him. And then there's a creepy priest that bursts out of a thing and is just wiggling its way toward him. And he's like, uh, father. And then he hits him because the priest tries to attack him. He's he kind of feels bad about it because he doesn't understand that this is not a human being. And it's just so scary in such a quick way to it's, it's like a diving into a cold pool of water. It's just like, here's the world in the movie. We're going to dunk you in it. There we go. And it's super scary. And I appreciate that. 
Right, and it's also the intro to uh, the coveted word, hello. Mm. Um, even when we keep trying to tell him through the screen, we keep trying to tell him, stop making noise, stop saying things. Yeah, people in zombie apocalypses make the most damn noise out of anyone I've ever met. Honestly. So he keeps, like, he'll go into, like, you know, an empty warehouse or something. And an just idiot. be like, hello? And I'm like... Who do you want to find in there? Right? Like, you just want zombies to come eat you? Like, stop saying words and just go and look with your eyes. Anyway, um, my favorite scene is shirtless Jim Ooh. at the very end who goes crazy. Not crazy. He's he's the one who just, like, he takes matters into his own hands and he's going to save Selena and not be worthless. Because this entire time he's been he's been pretty worthless. Yeah, he, he becomes all badass and cool. Yeah, he, com- he, he becomes badass. And he, like, has this massive plan where he, like, kills one guy, gets a gun, sets a zombie free, um, kills kills another guy, like, is starting to kill everybody, and then one zombie turns another guy into zombies, so now there's two zombies running around killing the other people, and meanwhile, Jim is, like, hiding from the zombies, but also able to find, find Selena and Hannah, and then, at that point, he's like, I've heard the truth of the Lord! We might not be alone on the planet. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, and then you know they they leave and it's cool. So yeah, that that's it. <laughs> uh, cool. So let's move on into our special zombie history month segment. Our last one of the month. It's Corpse Corner, and let's begin with what's your favorite zombie, Shannon? What's your favorite zombie? My favorite zombie was Chain Zombie. Um, I think it was called. No, never mind. I don't know. He was one of the one of the guys. Uh, he was turned into a zombie. He was one of the army guys. And he was turned into a zombie, and then um, the sergeant actually had this really good idea, and he was like, "I'm just gonna keep him on this chain and see how long it takes him to starve." So that's when we'll know that it's safe to like go out again. Uh huh. Right. That was very very smart because that's what ended up happening. Yeah, exactly. And that's one thing that I always like when I'm thinking of when I'm criticizing zombie movies. I'm like, yeah, there's. I mean, like, all of the laws of thermodynamics and, like, uh, Newton's laws or whatever cannot <laughs> explain why zombies would continue to live without any sort of sustenance. Like, Yeah, because they do need to eat. And they're made of organic materials. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, no, they got to, like, die out after a while. They can't just, like, wa- roam the earth forever. Like, they're supposed to die out. And so, finally, this is a movie where they do. Um, and so, like, I thought that plan was, like, really great. And... I especially liked the fact that um, Jim used Chain Zombie to help him by killing yes. the other folks, which is good. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Who was yours? Uh, my favorite zombie is Mad-Eye Moody. Spoilers, he becomes mm, a zombie because yeah. he's the most extraneous character because we need to... Like, he, he needs to provide the arc for everybody else. So he has to die. He dies in the stupidest way possible. There's a corpse hanging up on a fence, and a, he, like, shakes the fence because he wants to scare a bird away for no reason. Well, he's mad. Um, not at the bird, just at the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, and a drop of blood falls into his eye. And forget Mad-Eye Moody. He's now Rage-Eye Moody. No. <laughs> <laughs> because the blood hits his eye, and he's becoming infected. Um, he, like, t- shouts over to his daughter, and he was like, I love you. Remember that? And she's like, what the hell are you doing, Dad? And... He pushes her away. Yeah, she she goes towards him and he pushes her away and he's like, stay away from me. And uh, friggin' Selena figures out what's going on and uh, like he slowly starts becoming a zombie and it's a really poignant, 
it's point it's poignant and also terrifying and it's like probably the most emotionally impactful scene of the film and so that's why i like him the most yeah i agree he was great he he got selena to like consider living life again yeah he gave her hope that yeah like other people and love can help you survive yeah so speaking of selena my most delicious human is definitely selena she is oh man great with Um, her awesome mad max 90s destiny's child haircut exactly um the entire movie i was like yeah mel b you go mel b but yeah so she there i mean there's not much competition in the entire movie because there's only like seven people but still even if there were more people she would still get it so anyway that's it and so my most delicious human is jones he is a soldier who works at the camp and he is their chef and he is so into his job like he wears an apron and christopher eccleston asks him what he's making and he's like oh it's a surprise and he's so bad at cooking but he's so earnest about it he's like a little puppy dog and i appreciate him oh it's cute okay so now we can delve more into selena's character because we're going to talk about best death and uh my favorite death in the series there's two that i really like but this one I, i picked um it was so when Selena's introduced, there was actually another character that she was traveling with. Yes, his name were, was Mark. Mark. And they were cool. They were like bandits and they had like they kept with them like uh They had like riot gear. Yeah, they had like a box of like um their own Malatov cocktails that they made and they would like they essentially save Jim, right? But in the process of saving Jim I mean, they save him, they walk away, and then they go to see if Jim's parents are alive. Ooh. P.S. Oh, that scene. I didn't bring up that scene. I know. P.S. They're not. Um, they, uh, they're not zombies, which is great, but they killed themselves and they leave a note behind written on the back of a picture of him and says like, we left you sleeping cause he was in a coma. Right. Now we're sleeping too. Don't wake up. And I just want to cry. Like I keep thinking about that note over and over again throughout the past couple of days. I know. Can you imagine your, your kid actually finding it and seeing that your yeah, that, suicide, oh. like suicide induced parents have now just been like, just don't, just don't. Um, Anyway, so in that series, Jim does something stupid again and gets zombies to attack. And then... <laughs> what else is new? Right? And when zombies attack, they attack the they attack Mark, who up until this point has been far nicer than Selena, and we like him more. Um, but he gets hit in the arm, and you see blood gushing out of his arm. And she's like... Selena turns to him and goes like, have you been bit? And he's like, no, it's fine it's fine give me a second and she automatically just takes her machete and beats him to hell yeah she wails on him until he's dead like automatically yeah and jim was like how did you know he was infected and she was like he knew that's why he didn't want to tell me yeah so it's like doggy dog world and now jim is forced to travel around with this like sociopath who's going to kill him if, if he gets even close to a zombie um so it's definitely and that's definitely not his his ideal uh, partner because he's got a lot of like morality in him and she doesn't um, uh-huh. what she gets back which is good but it definitely like it tends the entire movie to be like this person that I really like as a character is awful and will kill anyone you know yeah so anyway that's that was my favorite death what okay. about you my favorite death is okay so they're escaping the compound with valiumed yes. out uh, Hannah and they get into this truck and Christopher Eccleston's in the back of the truck and basically he's going to continue being evil and stuff. 
Yeah. So what Stone Dat Valium Girl does is she just backs the truck up into a zombie and the zombie grabs Christopher Eccleston and then she drives away. And it's the best. Yes. It's the most suave ass way to kill someone I've ever seen in a movie. And she's still stoned off her face, which is oh, why yeah. she like you can tell that she just like she doesn't give two shits. She just like. Yes. Th- honestly, they shouldn't be letting her drive. I don't know why they let that happen. I know. I know. Um, but she's she was obviously she's the mechanic, you know, so it's like if anyone is to be trusted with the car it would be her that's even, true even stoned off her face but that was my uh, that was the other death that i was thinking about in the movie yeah that was, was a great death super good super good all right and uh let's move on into our games we have one game for you today it's our classic zombie history month game the zombie apocalypse survival team so if you wanted to survive the 28 days later rage virus zombies what three people from previous scream 101 movies would you want to be on your team okay um First of all, I would pick the bellboy from I, Madman. <laughs> Ooh, throwback. Mostly because he seems like a legitimate smart person who doesn't make dumb decisions. That's true. He was you the know? very first person you appreciated in one of these movies. Exactly. So uh, I would pick him just so he would keep people, you know, smart and not making dumb decisions. Then I would pick uh, Horace Pinker because... The killer from Shocker. Yes. Because he could um, electrocute zombies um any which way and And he's kind of a ghost so maybe they can't get him yeah and then he could be like a walking talking battery for them so they it it could be a benefit to having him on your oh yeah he could be a generator exactly and finally um malin ackerman uh reason being there isn't really a reason just because you can't have i wanted a girl and um, she's great in the final girls, and I feel like she would like be fun to have in the zombie apocalypse and like keep people lighthearted and not too serious. Cool. Yeah. And my zombie apocalypse survival team number one, Jason Voorhees. First, I mean obviously because he's a powerhouse, but second of all, he doesn't talk. He can't say hello and summon all the zombies. <laughs> uh, I also chose someone from the final girls. I picked Aaliyah Shawcat. Because she's fun to hang out with. And I feel like we could, like, de-stress together during those, like, happy moments in the middle of the film. And third and finally, uh, William Shatner from Visiting Hours because he's slower than me. Ah, uh, that's good. That's a good reason. Thank you. That's good. Uh, yeah. So that's the end of our final Zombie History Month episode. So I wanted to ask you, if you had to rank the four films that we watched this month, which one would be your top? Or, like, which would be your favorite? Dawn of the Dead. Okay. and Well, okay. What, if you ranked them, what would, how'd they go? Dawn of the Dead is first, followed by 28 Days Later, followed by Serpent and the Rainbow, followed by the other one that we watched that I can't remember. Uh, zombie. Zombie. Lucio Fulci's Zombie. Zombie. Yes. Yeah, we we I really enjoyed pretty much all the movies we watched. I had only seen two of them before, so I'm happy that I managed to fill in a couple of my gaps too. Yeah, yay! It was good. I liked it. it was, I had a good time. Yeah, it's it's a very weird genre, especially as it's revving up. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. So yeah, I uh good. So let's move on into our final statements. Uh, what would you recommend for people who agreed with you about Twenty Eight Days Later? Okay. I would recommend V for for Vendetta. Hear me out. So I recommend V for Vendetta because it has a similar, like, um, 
Britishness. Yeah, it's British, but there's also like a weird, uh, like part of the post-apocalypto is because of the government or because of a certain reason um, that is like centralized to that area. Um, and then you could have like gotten away because that's what happens in, in this movie, which I don't think we really talked about. But essentially it's like, OK, so that's true. He looks up in the sky and he sees a plane, wh- which is his like him knowing that there are other people who are still like having lives and like being normal people. Um, so the idea of like this V for Vendetta happening in England and everything else is fine elsewhere. Um, yeah, that's what what I thought of. OK. And my recommendation is 28 Weeks Later, which is the sequel to this film, and it's fantastic. It stars Jeremy Renner and Rose Byrne, which is insane. That's weird. Does he have a British accent? No, he's he's like an American pilot. Oh, okay. There's not that many British people left. Um, but it's about them trying to rebuild in England, and things may or may not get a little messed up. Oh, boy. But the opening scene of this movie, the opening 12 minutes, are is one of the scariest scenes I've ever seen in my entire life. I was thinking about writing an article about something that never actually ended up panning out, but I was, as part of my research, I wanted to look at that scene again, and I couldn't. I was like, I can't, I don't want to deal with this. This is stressing me out. And then the rest of the movie is like just a really like hardcore action film with these rage zombies, and it's it has way more money than 28 Days Later. It is just so over the top and crazy and awesome. I might, uh, I don't totally want to make this claim yet before I rewatch it because it's been a little bit, but it might be even better than 28 Days Later. Like, it lacks some of the subtext, but it is a crazy awesome horror film, and I recommend it to anybody. All right. And anyway, about our clues, last week the clue was about... Oh, it was about our April Fool's Day film, and we're going to have the best time of our lives. And I was talking about some of the... I was talking about the prankster from Terror Train and Sailor Moon, I believe. The film that we'll be watching is an April Fool's Day-based slasher called Killer Party that I really love, and not a lot of people have heard of it, so I'm hoping to spread the word. Uh, It stars... One of the people in it played Sailor Moon in the American dub of the cartoon, which is great. And then uh, Howard Buzzgang, the prankster from Terror Train, also plays the prankster in this movie. So um, I'm super excited for that episode. That'll come out on April Fool's Day on, on April 1st. And here is the clue for our episode two weeks from now. For our next film, we'll be returning to the present day. But to discover the title, you'll have to decode this word scramble. Wolf Toils. That's W-O-L-F space T-O-I-L-S, Wolf Toils. All right. And if you have a guess to that clue, if you had, do want to do some other stuff, like say hi to us or tell us that we're awesome, um, you can find us on Twitter at Scream101Podcast, on Facebook at, nope, 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 on Twitter at Scream101Pod, on Facebook at Scream101Podcast, via email at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five stars because we gave you so much information about zombies this month and you're welcome yeah excellent and now who brennan will be playing us out uh we'll be playing you out with the song in the house in a heartbeat from the 28 days later soundtrack which was also used in the kick-ass soundtrack awesome
Are we ready? Yeah. Okay. Let's get this over with because it's hot. One. I hate it when that happens. I can't remember it now. Sorry. It's okay. This means I was listening to you too well. Um. So. Two things. Okay, so. All right. Yay. Yeah, we did it. Oh, it's so hot. Let's turn the fan so on. So hot. Bye. Bye. Hold on. Wait. Before we stop, I'm gonna just turn the fan on and put my mic in the fan so they know that we're not hot anymore. It's 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 closure. Okay. Bye. <laughs> bye.